Hi, I'm Anita Stanfield and I'm here at the Girl to Woman Festival today. My involvement today was with the cooking demonstration. Tell us a little bit more about that and how it went today. Well, it was just a small segment. It was only for half an hour or so and the emphasis was on making simple recipes for children that they can interact in the kitchen. I felt it went really well because they're nice and easy recipes that you can make in a blender and just with the supervision of the parent it's not baking or any of that and it's just some little making pancakes and some nut balls and things like that. So just a couple of little tips on how to adapt them to the way that you might like to add different nuts and different ingredients into it to make them special for you. Is food demonstration something that you do quite a lot of? Off and on I do. When the call is needed, I've launched a cookbook so in the last 12 months it's been out and there's a couple of uh, local fruit and veggie shops have asked me to be there so I've done a couple of demonstrations there. That's always good fun. Uh, the opportunity to share with people just how simple it is to eat gluten and dairy free is probably the most incredible support I like to offer to everybody and that's the reason why I launched the cookbook was just to help people see how simple it is to eat healthy and, and tasty. So it's made quite a difference to your life and just tell us a little bit about maybe your food choices growing up or what you were guided by. When I was young, food was a very big emphasis. My mother had a lot of skills with all kinds of cuisine. It was very unusual in our place, in our family, where none of my friends wanted to come visit because my mother would do veal cordon bleu and all these really elaborate dishes and they just wanted the plain spaghetti and she didn't do spaghetti. So my experience with food was very gourmet and very rich with dairy and gluten, but particularly the dairy. So it was a big emphasis and that cooking style ended up coming into my life when I married and then had children and I was the same kind of cook, you know, very heavy dairy, lots of gluten, you know, some pasta dishes, but, but mainly just a lot of sauces with those heavy cheeses and things. You know, my journey from that point on ended up being a health issue. Do you remember how you felt after those meals or was it just a part of life? You didn't really notice what you were putting in your mouth maybe made a difference to your body or your mind? I, at various points I would eat something and I would go to bed, especially the dinner meal. The dinner meal was the heaviest and I'd go to bed and it would be just so bloated and I'd lie there just thinking, what have I done to myself? And all night I could feel my body processing just that amount of food. I overate as well, so I always had extra weight on me. And I would exercise and I just couldn't seem to get that off. I found that because of the flavour of the food, it forced me to want to eat more. So there was that I just didn't have that little barometer in my head that said, stop, you know. So the whole concept of food changed when I realised that I had to stop eating as much of the, the quantity first was the big issue and then I started to address the other issues. And what actually happened as far as your health and what changes did you find you had to make? Well I was in a career that was working shift work and I had teenage daughters and I was also working my husband's business, running a full house and doing everything. And I got to the point where I was lacking in sleep and I thought that it was just the sleep component till the point where I went to the doctor and had all the blood tests done and they actually said to me, we know you feel really ill but we cannot give you a reason as to why you are so ill. And I went, you've got to be kidding. You know, this is so severe, I cannot get myself out of bed. I can't 
speak rationally to people, my, my vision is, is affected, my shoulders ache and my knees ache and everything aches and surely there's something you can do for me. And they said, no, I'm sorry, there is nothing wrong with you. So I went home that day and I remember saying to myself that there's got to be some other reason as to why I feel like this. And I knew that my other choices in life, like I wasn't a smoker or and I wasn't a drinker, and I, I knew that the only thing to look at was food. So it was a great marker for me then to say, okay, where do I go to to get support for this? And where do you go and how do you start on the journey of discovery really within your own body but also of, of food, the food journey? Well, you know, the, the very first thing I had to do was decide how far I wanted to take it and how, how willing I was to actually address whether or not I was prepared to look at all my issues and how I felt about myself. That was probably the hardest thing. I decided that I wanted to because I was 42 years of age and whilst I felt like I was still looking young on the outside, I was dying inside. I really had no desire to live, no desire to output energy or to be engaged in things and I just found like I was running ragged and I was very much in that role of the mother who did everything for her children and then wondered why they didn't want to do anything for me. So I had to really look at all of those issues for myself and then realise, yes, okay, I want to take this further. This is going to bring up some issues in the family, big time, and I've got to be prepared for whatever that comes. A healthy mother and a healthy wife is going to inspire everybody, and if, if I don't do that, then they've got nobody. Do you think also it was a lesson in giving yourself something rather than giving everybody else everything you had? Totally, and I thought that there was the role of a, of a wife and a mother, and I succumbed to that way of thinking because I'd seen that role of my mother take it on, and I observed so many other women do it, and I had no idea that it, it's just so disempowering, that it is really about connecting first to what is important for yourself and really feeling everything and facing things. Don't be afraid to address how you feel about yourself and what choices you've made. Don't beat yourself up about it and just when you feel like you've done something wrong, just make a different choice the next day. And what choices did you have to make? Like what were the first steps that you took in the, in the road to recovery, I guess? The very first step was I found someone I could trust who lived their life in a very similar way. They had the same sort of respect to their body that they didn't drink a lot of alcohol and they didn't do these sorts of choices that to me were very important. So the way they lived their life I was inspired by and I felt they were a good role model to go to. This particular person was a practitioner. She suggested that I get tested for a hundred foods that then would give me a marker of how allergic I was to it. And she said, at least then if we've given you that information, you can decide whether or not you just decide to eat it. I liked that because I thought, well, that gives me all the power. It's not somebody telling me what I should and shouldn't eat. And what were some of the things that came up that you took out of your diet or changed? Well, this was probably the most fascinating part because when mine came back, it was obviously gluten and dairy. It was yeast, brewer's yeast, and it was preservatives. And I've always known that I've had an allergy to shellfish. I've thought it was only crab, but it turned out it was all shellfish. So I had been eating prawns over the years and wondered why I had that fluidy sort of look about me. And my body was having a mild little allergic reaction all through my life. So that was a big one. The next one was I was never like chocolate. 
but a lot of people used to force it on me and say, you must like it, you're a girl, all girls like chocolate. So cocoa, I was allergic to cocoa. So even though I always knew I didn't like it, my body was telling me and I ignored that. So that was a big one. After 12 weeks of eating like this, it was suggested that just don't eat those food for 12 weeks and then after the 12 weeks, try one of those food each week. So I did. And I could tell you exactly what my body was doing with each individual food. So I went, right, that's it, that's the power. That's the choice now I can decide whether I'm not going to have that piece of cheese, a, a bit of wheat or something or a pastry. And I lived like that for a, a few weeks and then my husband started to see the difference in me. He went off and got the blood test and all his foods, he, his usual ones like gluten and dairy came up, but it was also other things. He had a reaction to tomato, a capsicum, cucumber. And so when he was inspired, then the daughter got inspired. She went along, same ones, gluten, dairy, but this for hers were cashews and soy and pineapple. What was unique about that for the three of us was that every single person had the similarities with wheat and dairy, but they were also unique in other things which they needed to respect and support and honour that they don't eat those foods. So yeah, it was a pretty life-changing thing for our family. And so how did mealtimes change? Yeah, well, it was, it was pretty big. In the initial situation when I first found out about my foods, I came home with that and kept creating the meals for everybody else that they were used to. I was very afraid that it would bring up too much reaction in them and I thought that they'd shut me down because I was on a mission to try and help myself. So I had this extra workload of creating a meal for them and then trying to sit down and eat something. But worse than that was sitting at the table and here you're sitting with something that you're used to being quite emotional with and they're eating and they're clearly making big deals about how much they're enjoying it. So I found that very hard and I have a very supportive husband and I one night quietly I said to him, I can't do this. I need the support of everybody. And because I'm the main cook, he said, that's fine. You do that and we will eat it, whatever you cook. And so that's when he started noticing his body because he was eating the same as me. So that's inspired him to go for this allergy test. He had to go and eat the wrong food to take the test after that, do you see? He got to see for his own, you know, himself. Yeah. Wow. And you've taken it quite a bit further than just the family and you've shared it in the pages of your book. Tell us a bit about how that came together. Yeah, well, that was through frustration, I might add. I had all this responsibility now to find ways to feed my family with gluten and dairy-free. And this is going back about eight years. You know, things have improved quite considerably with gluten and dairy-free in commercial foods that you can purchase in the grocery stores and that. And back in those days, there was nothing. And I, I was just horrified to, to see that there wasn't enough support. There's people out there, the celiacs, but they didn't really have this opportunity to have a recipe book that had no gluten, no dairy, no refined sugar, no preservatives, no yeast, and no vinegar. But lots of flavour. But still the flavour, that's right. And that's what I wanted people to realise, that I was still making delicious meals for my family and my friends. We used to have dinner parties and we still do all those sorts of things. 
my critics still like my meals. So I, I wanted to show them that with a couple of little techniques like making spice mixes and that, that you can have on hand in the pantry and, and eating in a way that fresh herbs can be pureed in a, in a small blender and then olive oil added to them so they make them a bit runny and then poured over your beautiful grilled steak with a, just a fresh salad or some green vegetables or something. It's, the flavour's all there without all the preservatives, without buying a jar of commercial food that you're likely just to use once and then you forget about it in the fridge. So that's the tip. What changes have you felt personally? How are you feeling as a person now, mind, body, spirit? Mm-hmm. Well, the difference is unbelievable. For me, it's more about a clarity that I have in my disposition about life. As I said before, I didn't have any purpose and I didn't feel like who I was. I feel like I know myself more. I feel like I'm vital and fresh and I feel younger at 50 than I was when I was 42. I feel that I have the capacity to work incredibly hard energetically, you know, and to to put out so much in a day. I get up extremely early and I I just go, go, go. I've got four jobs. And I'm, I'm amazed that once upon a time when I had those four jobs, I couldn't make that work. So that's where I know that it's true for me. How successful has the book been so far with getting it out there and sharing, you know, your recipes and knowledge? Look, it's nice and steady. It's obviously a cookbook that doesn't really have a fashionable time frame. It's a cookbook that's meant to be supportive of someone who first wants to introduce that style of cooking. Okay, maybe I should look at gluten and dairy for whatever reason or cut back on my refined sugar. This cookbook is, is really based as a very simple, almost home economics cookbook style that's what I was inspired by it's my home economics days where it's numbered and it's in a format that people sort of go this is so easy I can buy all these groceries at the supermarket and I can hand it to my teenager and they could make dinner that was the reason why I did it so it's been steady sales but like I said it's when people are actually in the need for it isn't it how did you choose what meals and recipes were going to go in there? You must have had a lot. Yeah, well, we've got 108 recipes in there. And my husband and I did them all, all the pictures and all the editing and all the creating of the cookbook. The recipes came about from the basic meals I cooked at dinner in our home. So everything that you see in the cookbook is a picture. We sat down for dinner that night. So it was quite a bit of a hilarious episode, you know. There's the recipe. Quick, take the photo. <laughs> oh, no, don't take too long because we're dying to eat, you know, that sort of thing. How much of a difference has your change in food made to your professional life? The cookbook released in February last year, so we backed it up with a website. And the Anita Way of Cooking website is, releases a free recipe each week. Those recipes are are very light sort of recipes. Occasionally we might put on there a curry or whatever, but there might be a recipe for African spice mix one week. And just last week we've got uh, blueberry pancakes with banana, but using egg whites only. So little tips on showing you different ways of doing things with different flavours. And then I always suggest several ways that you can adapt that to change up the flavour. So I like to think that one recipe can be five and someone can say, this is Anna's 
blueberry pancakes, you know, because she's gone and put um, some little seeds or some nuts in it and, and, you know, people feel like they can own the recipe. That's really what the inspiration of the website's about. And what is the website and where, where can we find out more information about you? Uh, it's www.anitawayofcooking.com. Anita is spelled A-N-E-A-T-E-R. So it's a play on words meaning another way to cook. Uh, on Facebook as well. Do you have a favourite recipe? My favourite recipes are just cutting the fresh herbs from my garden and putting them in the chopper bowl with olive oils and spices and turning it into a lovely green paste and putting that on lamb chops. That's a winner to me. A bit of fresh garlic in there and yeah, that's my favourite always. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time and sharing this with us. My pleasure. I've had a wonderful time. Thanks.